Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Bob Seska. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 45 of the Banter Roundtable podcast. I'm here with Justin Rosario and Bob Seska. Gentlemen, how are you? How's it going? Uh, okay, so we've got a great show for you today. Uh, the first, uh, we're going to be talking about Russia getting completely destroyed and why Vladimir Putin is not going to use nukes uh, and why domestic um, situation in Russia is unfolding at a very frightening pace for him and could be a game changer for the war. We'll talk about that. We're going to be talking about why Fox News hosts and Republicans are so openly pro-Russia. Uh, we have Herschel Walker's incredible stupidity and incredible hypocrisy. We're discussing Bob wrote a fantastic piece this week. Uh, we have our both side segment featuring uh, a rose gallery of Republican lunatics. <laughs> and then we are going to go into the members only section where we're going to be talking about the cost of living crisis, inflation and how we're all dealing with it. Uh, I have um, some horror stories I'm hearing from friends about about cost of their mortgages going up and um, what they're having to do to cut back on costs. So we're going to be talking about that. I've got some good tips for everybody, by the way. I've got some good money saving tips. Um, if you want to join us there for a good chat about um, how to survive uh, a, a serious in- inflation, and what we're going to be doing with rising gas prices and uh, grocery costs and all that kind of stuff. So I hope you'll join us there. Uh, so first of all, um, it's not looking good for old uh, Pooty Poot. I think that's what you guys called him, Bob, right, Pooty Bob? Poot. That's what George Poot, yeah. W. Bush called him, Pooty Poot. Looked <laughs> into his eyes and saw his soul. Pooty Poot, Poot. yeah. So <laughs> it's really, really not going very well for old Vladimir, um, our, our good pal Vladimir um, Putin, because, you know, it looks now, he, you know, the, the situation as it stands right now, right, he's annexed these four... Um, regions in Ukraine. And the Ukrainians have paid absolutely no attention to this whatsoever. And neither has the West, neither has NATO. We've just moved on as if it never happened. And we're continuing um, to supply weapons to Ukraine. And we're all, and the Ukrainians are continuing to have major, major, major uh, victories on the battlefield. Uh, the situation in, I think it's Kharkiv, is very, very dire for the Russians. Uh, this is one of their major fighting units, right? So they're one of their major... Um, most elite fighting units are now basically being routed by the Ukrainians, and if that if if the, if that fails on the on that front, um, this is like you know disastrous news for the Russians. Yeah, they no uh, longer have full control of any of the four regions that he just claimed are full under full Russian control. He doesn't have full control of any of the four now. Right, right. So um, there was a fascinating piece uh, that. Um, I read it's a guy called Timothy Snyder. He's a historian, a historian of Europe, a public intellectual, and he's uh, written books on uh, on tyranny and bloodlands. Um, and he has a very good Substack called Timothy Snyder. And he, anyway, he's a thinker that I've I've followed for quite some time. And uh, he wrote a fascinating piece on his Substack account about what is happening. Um, domestically for Putin and how this could actually end. Because I think a lot of the, spe- you know, everybody's 
petrified of Putin using nukes. But I think most analysts are basically saying that that's probably not going to happen. And I hadn't really understood, I hadn't thought through, you know, why this was the case. But Snyder has put this in a very succinct way. Uh, so I'm going to read you a portion of his essay that he he, he posted this week. Um, so he writes, um, he says, and so we can see a plausible scenario for how this war ends. War is a form of politics and the Russian regime is altered by defeat. As Ukraine continues to win battles, one reversal is accompanied by another. The televisual yields to the real and the Ukrainian campaign yields to a struggle for power in Russia. In such a struggle, it makes no sense to have armed allies far away in Ukraine who might be more usefully deployed in Russia, not necessarily in an armed conflict, although this cannot be ruled out entirely, but to deter others and protect oneself. For all of the actors concerned, it might be bad to lose in Ukraine, but it is worse to lose in Russia. The logic of the situation favours he who realises this most quickly and is able to control and redeploy. Once the cascade begins, it quickly makes no sense for anyone to have any Russian forces in Ukraine at all. Again, from this, it is not necessarily followed that there will be armed clashes in Russia. It is just that, as the instability created by the war in Ukraine comes home, a Russian leader who wished to gain from that instability or protect themselves from it will want their power centres close to Moscow. And this, of course, would be a very good thing for Ukraine and for the world. Right. So his basic argument is that the domestic situation in, in Russia is getting serious. And we have to remember what Russian society is like. Right. This is the, there are compete. There are competing power interests in Russia as well. And there are people who are waiting in the wings um, for Putin to basically, you know, the Putin government to collapse. Uh, and Putin is highly aware of this. So at some point, you know, um, any change in government in Russia is probably not going to ha be happening democratically. It's going to be, right? Things yeah, like that. not going to be votes. It's not going to be votes, right? So Putin is a thug. He rules by fear. That means he will be deposed by a thug and by fear too, I would, I would imagine, right? So, like, if, the, if he loses the army, if the army hates him because, it, because they're all getting slaughtered in, in, uh, in Ukraine, then they're not going to back him if there's a coup, right? So... I, that it makes sense for Putin to say, okay, look, the d domestic situation in Russia is is, is too serious now, um, and at some point he'll have to pull his. You know, this is what like Roman emperors w were always concerned about. They'd fight these wars abroad, uh, and then um, if it was going badly, they'd lose power at home, and then all of a sudden, they, you know, the military they don't have the backing of the military, and they're gone. You know, they they. They're, they're murdered, or they fall out of a fall out of a window, fall off a off a bridge, or, or fall off a balcony. Works exactly. So that, this to me seems like you know the more Ukraine wins, the more the more battles Ukraine wins in the war, the worse it gets for Putin domestically, and that's how this ends. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about that that analysis? Do you think that that's a, that's a sort of a coherent? Um, yeah, I, I think narrative. it's enormously smart. I think this is uh, rational, and I think this is a, a accurate read. One of the lines that jumped off the page for me was, if sheer emotion resulting from defeat was going to motivate nuclear use, it would already have happened, and it hasn't. And I kind of agree with that. I mean, Putin's been losing this war for a long, long time. And I think the way he wins it, and I put wins in quotes, is just through sheer propaganda. 
That's how he's operated all along here. And I'm not necessarily saying that Snyder said this. This is just me adding my own two cents into it. And that is that this war and its success or failure depends on the same kind of propaganda campaign that Donald Trump has been successful in orchestrating here. It doesn't matter what the facts on the ground are. It only matters what Vladimir Putin says the facts on the ground are. So he can tell the Russian people any old bullshit and they're going to, I mean, by and large, they're going to buy it. Or at least that's what he thinks. So I don't know that he's going to go to the you know nuclear option on this. Uh, and I, I would seriously doubt it because also Snyder makes a good point in so far as Ukraine has a lot of long range artillery that could hit Moscow and God knows where else in retaliation. I mean, if Vladimir Putin's going to do this, he needs to go for full annihilation. And why would he do that with a nation that he wants to annex? Why would he make Ukraine completely unlivable for the foreseeable future if he wants that to be Russian territory? It's just, uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, they, I mean, they hate him, right? You know, most of the yeah. Ukrainian population despises Vladimir Putin if he wants to annex them. Uh, I mean, obviously, there are pro-Russian kind of um, contingencies in, in within these Ukrainian territories, right? But for the most part, they don't want to be part of Russia. Who would want to be part of Russia? <laughs> no, no, like, seriously, this is why, you know, Russia is, is you know, the people are fleeing Russia in by, you know, hundreds of thousands of people are fleeing. Like, there is, there's no middle class in, in Russia anymore. Not really. Um, you know, there were lots of, there were kind of lots of um, innovative tech companies and things like that um emerging in russia uh, but as putin's sort of grip on power became more and more severe they just mm -hmm. left because why would you stay in a country that that um monitors everything you're doing puts you in jail if you dissent uh there's no future the economy's in the toilet i mean it, you know yes the gas revenues the oil revenues are coming in but the the, the global economy is changing right and uh, you know we're moving towards electric we're moving towards renewables and it's not like gas revenues ever get down to the rest of the people anyway in any right. country that has it. So right. this is all taken by uh, the oligarchs, right? So much of the wealth is just siphoned off by all the, these these horrible oligarchs. Um, you know, Boris Yeltsin's powers basically, who inherited the wealth of the Soviet Union for themselves. Um, so it, there, there is there are no good options for Putin. Right, and and I thought this piece. I'm going to link to it in the in the on the newsletter so people can read it for themselves because I think it's it's such an insightful piece. Um, but he's really in a complete. And there's one of the things he argues. He says that there's no reason for us to worry about what Putin is going to do. Who cares? It's his problem, right? He's not going to use nukes, right? So therefore, just keep funding the Ukrainian military, uh, make sure that they keep winning, and. The problem will solve itself, right? I think there's a lot of fear around what Putin is going to do, and you know, look like in in any good kind of um, any good fight strategist, any good in any combat sport or in any you know any military strategist will always tell you that you can't have fear of your opponent. You know, if whatever they do, you must counter and you must show them that you're not afraid of them either. Right. And I think I feel like that's the best way to deal with Putin is for every aggressive move he makes, you counter him and you keep going, you keep boxing him in until he has no options left and you let the Russian people take care of him. And they will. Right. It's not <laughs> like the history of um, 
dictators and the history of Russian strongmen is, is very, very clear. You, you basically, you lose a war, that's it. You're, you're finished. Your mystique is gone. So, um, yeah, it, it's really, really not looking good. And I think that as terrible as this situation is, there's actually a lot to be hopeful about, um, you know, in, in this conflict. And it, huge credit to the Ukrainians who were just fighting out of their skins. They're, it's amazing to watch how, watch them destroy, essentially destroy an army that's three times that size. It, it really is incredible. Yeah, the thing, the thing about this article that made me like super, super twitchy is um uh the 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 writer um Snyder he was suggesting he didn't straight out say it but he was kind of insinuating that the two people that were kind of best placed to um overthrow uh Putin if it comes to like you know a military push and shove were the leader of Wagner the the mercenary group the Russian mercenary group and um the leader of Chechnya uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce either one of their names because I will mangle it horribly. Um, but these are very, very bad men. Like, Putin's bad. These guys are worse. Like, they haven't had as much time to, uh, you know, in running a country to to do what Putin has done. But they're, like, objectively worse people. Like, Oh, yeah. The, che- so the Chechen guy, the Chechen guy, um, Kadyrov, right? The, the, he's a, I mean... He's a this, monster. Like Putin's he a monster. Really is. This guy is a hardcore monster. And right. anyone that leads a mercenary group, like think BlackRock, mm. you know, think Eric Prince or whatever the hell he's calling it now. And I mean, these people, these two guys are these are not people you want in charge of a country with nukes. No. Like they really are not people you want in charge of any country uh, at he, all. He, here's what here's what what I will say about that, and here's what I think. I think that somebody who gets in after Putin, right? Even if it is one of these thugs, they're going to want to do business, I think, with the West because they won't have any options, right? Um, th- I don't know, man. They don't seem like the type of like, oh, let's play let's play ball. They seem like the type yeah. to go in there all blood and death and let's see what, how much can I yeah, get away the, with. That's the Russian bravado. That's the thing. That's the uh, attitude they want to project right that's the mm. idea that's a, that's how they do things in in russia leadership it's all about balls you know mm. and so uh but ultimately they need the west uh to buy their gas they do. Uh, you know to uh to to trade with and so on otherwise the economy collapses and and that i th- i think is the ultimate effect of what will happen if putin uses nuclear weapons I think if he thinks, you know, and it's true that the sanctions have had a serious effect on Russia, it's going to get far, far worse if he uses a nuke in Ukraine. The, I mean, the economy of Russia would collapse. Vladimir Putin would become a pariah. Vladimir Putin would be hunted by his own people. I still say, you know what? Ultimately, I go back to what I said on day one when the bombing of Ukraine first started, when the invasion first started. I said, I still believe this ends with Vladimir Putin in a cave somewhere, like on an IV drip on the run, you know, because he's been deposed and is being uh, pursued. Uh, so, you know, there's still, a, I think, a serious opportunity for that sort of thing to be the end game in all of this. Mm. And uh, he'd be he'd be making it far worse for himself by using nuclear weapons. Obviously, he'd make it worse for millions of people. But at the same time, he'd be dooming himself. He'd be dooming his own leadership. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I do agree. I just, I don't, I don't see how this ends well for, for Putin. I really don't. Um, mm. And it's becoming increasingly clear. And the fact that he hasn't used it, we, you know, we're monitoring very carefully. We, we haven't seen any, you know, he has to move these nukes around. And uh, there's no evidence that he's moving any of these nukes. We know what he's up to. We're monitoring this stuff very, very carefully. And we know that they're not touching any of that stuff. So it seems to me like he's not going there. Um, and, the, the, you know, if he doesn't use nukes, he's threatened to use nukes. Now he's not. We know he's bullshitting. We, we've known that he's been bluffing and bullshitting for some time. You know, he threatened to use nukes a couple of months ago. And we ignored him. Um, and we should yeah. ignore him again, you know. Um, well, look, m- moving on to the to our next topic, right, which is related to this, which is the uh, incredibly worrying trend of Republican commenta- Republican politicians and basically Fox News commentators who are just now openly pro-Russia, openly pro-Putin. And, and this is getting more and more blatant, right? And I... I don't know. It's leading me to ask questions like, "What is going on here? Like, what is what is happening?" I don't. I feel like, you know, I'm not saying that the Kremlin is funding all of these candidates. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that the Kremlin is sending money to Fox News. But I'm questioning the relationships, and I'm. I want to know, like, what exactly is happening here because this is sort of, it's becoming. you know kind of ridiculous now like Tucker Carlson is regularly played on Russian television on on RT on you know the network formerly known as Russia Today like they play his clips on a daily basis in Russia right I mean you you have to remember like when this first started almost the entire Republican Party was in in on Putin's side about this but then the public, and I mean like the entire public and most of the planet, was like, oh shit, no, 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 we don't, we can't go with this. Yay, Ukraine, fuck you, Russia. And then the Republicans dialed it back, way back, because they, they couldn't be seen standing with Putin coming up to the midterms. Because it would be it would be political suicide to be like, no, 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 no. We stand with Putin against the Ukrainians as they are invading another country and slaughtering people in the streets. And I've been saying for weeks, we are one month away, one month and one day away from the entire Republican Party going right back to being pro-Russian. Because once they don't have to worry about elections anymore, they're just going to be like, oh, yeah, no, we've been pro-Putin this entire time. We were just lying about it. But back at the beginning, they were extremely pro-Russia, and they were not hiding it until the entire public slapped them down really hard, and then they were like, oh no, we are on the side of Ukraine. We don't know what you are talking about. Russia is bad. It was very disingenuous, but they've been towing that line for the most part. Not Fox News, really, but Republicans have for the most part, because it was just bad politics, and that time is coming to an end. Because it won't be bad politics for much longer, and then they're going to go right back to it. Yeah, I mean, so so look, like th- there was an article that I dug up back from 2018. Okay, so this is on Observer, 
and uh, Observer.com. And this is the Fox News Kremlin ties go much deeper than just Sean Hannity. And this is a, by an article by John R. Schindler. And it says, a, news, a new report says Fox News requires its content in Latvia to be edited to be more pleasing to Russia. Which okay. is insane. Right? Is this not crazy? Okay. Um, so, uh, other report. this is a quote. This is, other reports are even less favorable to the network and its ethical standards rather lack their role. Vanity Fair this week quoted anonymous staffers at the network about what it termed the Hannity-induced crisis. This is the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen, stated one. Another added, this is bad. It violates every rule of journalism, right? This is... Um, Sean Hannity basically uh, regurgitating um, Russian propaganda, right? Uh, uh, he also says, <clears throat> um, here we go, Fox News seems untroubled by the fact that Hannity isn't just a Trump superfan come consigliere. He's also disturbing ties to the Kremlin and its agents. Since Hannity's pushing of Russian scripted disinformation on Americans, he's been reported for nearly a year. The network can't say it didn't know. Fox News, therefore, is making the unsettling, not to mention potentially political hazardous choice to serve as an unwitting cutout for the Kremlin's lie machine. So here we go. This week, remember, this is back in 2018, right? He says, this week, Latvian public broadcasting reported an astonishing story about how Fox News operates in their country. As unmasked by a local investigation, Russian language versions of the network's programming that are broadcast in Latvia aren't really translated. They're edited for content in a pro-Kremlin direction. Per the report, which cites internal Fox News regulations, quote, translators have to follow Russian subtitling guidelines requiring glossing over, softening content concerning accidents, homosexual relationships, anti-Russian propaganda, narcotics, extremist activities, and suicides. For instance, the translators are instructed to quote, soften all negative language about the Russian military and space program, policies of the Russian president and government. While positive texts about same-sex relationships have to be made more generalized, so they could be attributed to relationships of any kind. So um, Schindler points out, it says, Fox News is requiring its content being broadcast in a country that is a member of both NATO and the European Union to be edited to be more pleasing to the regime of Vladimir Putin, right? That's official Fox News policy. That there is zero chance they would allow a country to do the same thing, but tilted towards the left. They would never do that, and it would be the top story for six months straight. If, say, right. I don't know, Sweden or whatever said, no, 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 you, you, have, to, you have to tilt everything to make it towards more socialism or, or whatever, they would never allow it. And they would be screaming bloody murder from the rooftops that somebody even – suggested it it would be mm. the greatest scandal of the 21st century but they're okay with doing it for russia and they won't they they're not going to say a word about it it's like yeah we don't want to talk about it. they'll deny it with their like dying breath yeah i mean look like right this that's a huge story and it you know i don't remember anybody really talking about it back then right that's a huge story that no, no, the Fox press will never talk about that because they don't like talking about the things Fox News does because it reflects badly on them too. Right. And you've got Tucker Carlson saying that the Biden administration blew up the Nordstrom pipeline, right? This is – he's saying that, that that Putin definitively had nothing to do with it. Um, so this is an article in The Guardian uh, where Tucker Carlson is basically saying that um, – 
Uh, he said, that if Americans think things are bad, there's always Tucker Carlson to make things seem worse. Never more so than when the Fox News host is talking about Russia's war in Ukraine. Um, so Tucker Carlson said, if you were Vladimir Putin, you would have to be a suicidal moron to blow up your own energy pipeline, he claimed. He said, in early February, less than three weeks before the war in Ukraine began, Joe Biden suggested on camera that he might take out these pipelines, said Carlson, right? Um, he said, there won't be a Nord Stream, Stream 2. We'll put an end to it. We will take it out. We'll blow it up, said Carlson, right? Uh, so that's false. Biden did not say take it out or blow it up. So, But anyway, whatever. Um, you can... <laughs> Tucker Carlson can just say these things with complete impunity now. He can make things up about what Biden said. And um, journalism. Right. But it's, in, it's, it's incredible, right? Is this not amazing that you've got a guy like... I, I want to see more reporting on. I want to see, where, where, like, is someone paying Tucker Carlson for this stuff? You know, what, what, why is he saying this? I don't understand. Like, I, I need help understanding this because I can't think why he would be doing this. You know, it's like Trump, um, you know, being anti-NATO back in the sort of, you know, in the early days of NATO. He went to Russia, got loads of money, got loads of um uh, loans from oligarchs and Russian banks, and then all of a sudden came back and was anti-NATO. Uh, right? Like, what's happening there? Is I there... mean, Ru- Russia Russia's the nexus of global white nationalism. And they know it, right? They've been funding it all over the world for decades at this point. They're, they're, they're like, they're, they're, think of them as like the Koch brothers of white nationalism for the planet. And this is like it, a lot of a lot of what's been happening in other countries, including ours, can be traced directly back to Russia. They fund the groups. They they fund a lot of the online activity. They are a lot of the online activity that feeds the the right wing extremism all across the planet. And if Russia were to go poof into thin air tomorrow, right? If they were to lose that that central organizing principle, I mean. It's not like it would all come to a grinding halt. I mean, right now it's got more than enough momentum to keep carrying on, but they need that organizing force behind it to keep it going. They need the money. They need the manpower. I mean, they've got massive troll farms feeding the extremism, right? So if that were to dry up, like if some, if, if one of these, you know, if the guy from Wagner were to take over and decide, it's like, yeah, we're not going to keep doing that. We're done with that. That would be a massive blow to mm. the right-wing nationalist project that Tucker Carlson is extremely heavily invested in. And they all know it, which is why they're all extremely invested in Putin winning. Like, they don't care about Ukraine. Do you think it's just about the white nationalism aspect? I think, you know, or is it well, like... And, and, and it's, just that, it's just that anti-democratic worldview, mm. right? It's they they it's the same way Trump sides with dictators. They're siding with a fellow traveler in anti-democratic um, in their anti-democratic worldview. Russia is what they want the United States to be. And any victory for Russia, any continuing victory for Russia is a continuing victory for their worldview. Yeah. I mean, so you know, when if got... Russia loses, they lose. If when Russia Trump... wins. We lose, and that's right. what they, they it owns the libs, and that's good for them. Yeah, I mean, I guess when you've got the MAGA crowd saying, "I'd rather be a Russian than a Democrat," exactly. 
right? These are the people that 40 years ago, better better dead than red. But now it's like, I'd rather be a Russian than a Democrat. It's like, oh, okay. So we've just done a complete 180 because now they're an, an ethno-nationalist country, right? Because Putin is calling up the people to send a war. He's relying heavily on the, uh, the ethnic minorities in his country and trying to avoid pulling up the ethnic Russians, right? Because he wants to depopulate his ethnic minorities because if you're going to get them killed, go for the people you don't like, right? Very, it's a very Republican way of looking at it. But this is this, this is their type of people. This is, this is Tucker Carlson's type of person and their type of worldview. And anything that perpetuates it owns the libs. Mm-hmm. Putin wins, the libs will cry. And that's the most important thing. But you've also got this, the, the kind of um, the far left as well. Uh, like, I don't know if you've been following Michael, our, our good friend, Michael Tracy and with these other. Um, well, know. that's because they're not far left. They're just not. They're, they're, they're just, just trolls. not. Yeah, they're, they're just, they're trolls. just, yeah. they have red hats in their closets. <laughs> that's, that's all it is. To put it. They're in the closet red hats. Exactly. I've been saying that for years. These are just guys. They've got the misogyny. They've got the racism and all that. They just can't come out and say it without saying, well, yes, I, I'm actually on the same side as the fucking MAGA. I just can't say that without, like, you know, dropping the whole, I'm really a progressive. It's like, no, they're hmm. not. They, they so, haven't been for years. This is what um, Michael Tracy tweeted today this is friday he said uh, Volodymyr zelensky the world's most passionate world war three advocate narrowly loses bid for the nobel peace prize this is him being sarcastic can you imagine like if, what a, if what a dickhead were, if, you have to be to say something like that if right? putin were to drop a nuke tomorrow on ukraine michael tracy would be the first one out there saying my god i can't believe america made this happen that yeah would be that's, what he said, very, that's what they're saying that's, that's what they're saying. Ex- that's exactly what they would do. That's exactly because that's their entire thing. Russia could do anything. They can do li- any war crime they commit. It's going to be someone else's fault. It's always someone else's fault, usually America. Yeah, I just don't understand this whole idea that it was the Ukrainians' fault, right? <laughs> that Russia, this is what this is what passes for kind of thinking on the far left and the far right that basically the ukrainians asked for it um it's it's none of our business we should just allow russia to invade a european nation um, i mean honestly bed we have to ask ourselves what were the ukrainians wearing and how much did they have to drink yeah that's right. what it, it is ex- exactly exactly they should have known not to go walking at night they shouldn't have, like, sorry, they shouldn't have gone jogging that late the idea that you could blame the Ukrainians saying, you know, Zelensky's country is being destroyed by the Russians. And apparently now he's the bad guy because he's advocating World War Three. No, he's advocating. I think that the stakes are fairly clear, right? That if you allow um, a nuclear fascist state to continue to acquire territory, right, um, this sets a very dangerous precedent for the entire planet. I'm not saying that Vladimir Putin is, is uh, Adolf Hitler, yeah, but we know where appeasement goes. Um, yes, we know where appeasement goes, and we also know what happens to basically fascist dictators, um, you know, who have very, very dangerous weapons. What they're capable of, and you know, he he will just demand more and more and more. If he gets what he wants, 
this time around, he'll just take more. And that's what he's that's what Putin is doing. Putin invaded Ukraine because of what happened in 2014. Right? He took Crimea and we didn't no one did anything about it. So right? why and wouldn't he take more? Why wouldn't he take more? Exactly. And, and but, I promise you, if when Zelensky pushes into Crimea, I promise you, the entire right and the quote unquote far left, they're gonna start calling Zelensky a warmonger for daring to take back his own territory. Yeah. I yeah. promise you they're going to start screaming he's a warmonger. But I want to see more. I want to see, I really would love to see um, more kind of in-depth reporting uh, on the link, the money links between Kremlin and Fox News and various Republican candidates. I'm going to be looking into that myself. I'm going to do as much research as I can um, on this because like this is, it's, you know, I don't know. This is, getting beyond a joke now. It really is. It's very, very scary. And I think Tucker Carlson in particular uh, is, is, a, is a kind of a frightening individual. It's either a pathological hatred for his own country um, or someone's paying him. You know, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> e- 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 either or. Uh, so anyhow, let's, we're m- moving on. Uh, the next topic of conversation is uh, Herschel Walker. Oh, mm. Jesus. <laughs> Bob, your piece this week. Um, uh, funny and also sad, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very sad because our good friend Herschel Walker, who is he's like the poster child for kind of MAGA stupidity, where the guy is just so stupid. Um, yeah, and, and I've I've kind of laid off of that because of the traumatic brain injuries that he's probably sustained over the course of his football career, and it's evident when you hear him speak that he's not all there. So I I try to sidestep that, but this came down and it not only revealed his hypocrisy on the abortion issue, I mean, glaring, monstrous hypocrisy, but it also exposes a huge gap in the alleged moral values, the Christian values of the anti-abortion movement. And so that is, uh, I, to me, that's the big headline in all of this. And I think um, as, as big a deal we're making out of this, we're not making a big enough deal out of this. <laughs> because mm-hmm. it, it, in a year when abortion is front and center, oh my God, does this expose this uh, ability to compromise closely held religious beliefs. I mean, it actually kind of, it, not not kind of, but it fully contradicts the idea of closely held religious beliefs, because obviously this is negotiable based on politics. The mm. anti-abortion rights, uh, the the anti-abortion far right, I should say, uh, is uh, obviously uh, able to compromise <laughs> their beliefs uh, when it comes down to winning back the Senate. Shocking. Uh, yeah, that joins that joins the list of exceptions uh, that, uh, quite frankly, up until now, Herschel Walker has been opposed to. Herschel Walker's opposed to all exceptions for abortion, rape, incest, medical emergency, all of it, except when he accidentally knocks up someone. <laughs> then that becomes an exception. And then we can get into Dana Lash and all of that shit, the uh, circling of the wagons around Herschel. Uh, yeah, so Herschel. Her, her tweet. How do you pronounce her name? I th- always thought it was. Is it Lash? I've heard Dana pro- Lash. I've yeah. always pronounced yeah. it Loesch, but no, I, I thought it was Loesch. That's why I thought it was Loesch. Right. She blocked me for like forever ago, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But 
here was her tweet. She wrote her tweet was she said, "If true, Walker paid for one broad's abortion compared to Warnock, who wants the tax dollars to pay for every broad's abortion um, as birth control with no limitations." This isn't a difficult choice, and conservatives shouldn't look to the left to validate their vote. I want to control the Senate, and you should too. The end. <laughs> lovely. That's it's so, lovely it's so nice when they're honest. Yeah, the, I mean, it's it's weirdly honest and weirdly contradictory. I mean, beyond contradictory. This is basically saying, hey, you know what? Herschel Walker paid to have a baby murdered. In their vernacular, an abortion is murdering a baby, murdering a human being. So let's make let's let's step one month beyond birth, right? Let's go to this baby is an infant. Herschel Walker paid to have that baby strangled, strangled to death. And the Republicans are going, oh, I don't care. <laughs> the Republicans are going, yeah, that's fine. We can totally accept that. We can forgive him. We're, we're Christians. We're all about forgiveness, right? So, by God, we got to get to 51 votes in the Senate. So keep voting for Herschel Walker. Keep contributing money and all the rest of it. But in their minds, in their own dogma, Herschel Walker paid to have a baby murdered. And so that becomes this uh, complete refutation of everything that they have said about their religion, about abortion, about life beginning at conception, about, you know, uh, all life is innocent and therefore needs to be protected. We need to legislate our religious dogma across the board nationally. Herschel Walker supports a national abortion ban without exceptions. So does Dana Lash. So this is, uh, this is a, a colossal fuck-up not only by Herschel Walker, but by the Republicans who are still defending him and and voting for him, contributing to him. I mean, Nate Silver, I guess the average for this particular race, according to Nate Silver, is uh, Herschel Walker is now, what, okay, 41%. He still enjoys 41% support among Georgia voters even though he paid to have a baby murdered in the Republican terms. Make sure I, I want to be clear that I'm talking about this in terms of how the Republicans describe abortion. It's not how I see it, but uh, that's astonishing. Plus his fundraising went through the roof as soon as this uh, news story dropped. Of course it did. I mean, if you, heard a story, if you heard a story tomorrow that Raphael Warnock went into a hospital and uh, found a guy who needed money. Maybe someone's lurking around in the emergency room and says, hey, you look like you need some cash. Here's $700. Can you go upstairs and murder an infant for me? Do you think that we, <laughs> that would Pretty be sure he like, be able not to only would that person that. have to drop out of the race, but you would start to question like, uh, you know, legal ramifications as far as that goes. Yeah, I mean, but it's like the Trump effect, Bob. I don't know whether you think this is... Um, yeah, yeah. Right, right. It, 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 it's the Trump effect that Trump kind of exposed the fact that uh, the Republican Party, which is completely full of shit, right? That yeah. he was the most grotesque kind of buffoon, immoral, um, you know, not he was banging porn stars and cheating on his wife and 
you know, basically stealing from people and um, yeah. would swear and it was just absolutely everything that the Republican Party claimed to hate, right? Claimed to despise was Donald Trump, you know? Um, and yet they got behind him 100% and made excuses for absolutely everything. I mean, Sean Hannity, the, the, the sorts of gymnastics the, 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 that Sean Hannity went through mm. to support Trump, what was astonishing, to have this so-called family values, moral conservative get behind Donald Trump, who talked about sexually assaulting women. Grab, what did he say? Grab him, know, the, grab him by the grab him by the yeah, yeah, that is that's a, a much lesser issue. Marital infidelity, fucking around, is a much lesser issue for the Republicans than abortion, which has been a centerpiece issue for the conservative movement for at least fifty years. I mean, the modern Republican Party has built its base on abortion, on banning abortion, on controlling women. And so this has been front and center. This has been the hottest debate in this country since slavery, the the abortion debate. And here we are finding out that one of their top shelf candidates, a candidate that they recruited to run for United States Senate, to be one of 100 Americans who gets to vote on issues that affect 330 million of us, this guy has paid for at least one abortion. I believe there are going to be more that have that will come forward. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And so he has paid, in their words, to have a baby. I can't emphasize this enough. The What they are basically saying at this point is that if you have an abortion in Texas, Missouri, Oklahoma, any of these red gulag states, you have an abortion, you can be sued to, to the point where you can lose everything everything you've worked for, your life savings, and have to pay in perpetuity on into the future, uh, if not to, to be arrested in the process, prosecuted for aiding and abetting an abortion. Mm. And here we find out that Herschel Walker has done that exact thing. I want to know if uh, murdering a baby has some form of retroactive uh, prosecution. I wonder if there's a, the ability to... Uh, because Herschel Walker's a Texas city. Uh, I think he's a resident of Texas. So, uh, yeah, I wonder if that's uh, a possibility too, because what they're saying is, you know, it's fine for Herschel, but not fine for everyone else. Yeah. So the, the thing that drives me crazy about this the most is that after all these years, all these years of us on the left screaming bloody murder, that this is bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. They don't actually mean it. They're lying through their teeth. Republicans don't actually give a fuck about babies or the unborn or the, they're not pro-life. And the media telling us, oh, you're full of shit. You're all hysterical. That's crap. We're going to take them at their word. This is a good faith argument on their part. Now we all know that they've always been lying about this. The media will just never, ever talk about it. They'll never say, oh, yeah, no, they were lying. They're still going to treat them like it's a good faith argument. They'll say, they'll never admit it. They'll never admit the Republicans were lying all these years. And they'll still go forward from this day forward. It uh, doesn't matter how many times this happens. We could know every day for the next 10 years that a different Republican paid for an abortion and all Republicans everywhere is supposed to be like, yeah, I'm still going to support them. It doesn't matter. They could make it legal for Republicans to have abortions and everyone else not to. 
and it still won't make a difference. The, the, the press will still be like, eh, it's a good faith argument. We're not yeah. going to call about it. Yeah. But and it drives you, me fucking crazy. When you hear them justify it, though, through their religion, know mm. that it is bullshit. Know oh, that absolutely. they have exposed that their religion is nothing but a conveyance to control people. It's nothing but uh, exploitation for uh, political ends. That's what uh, religion is all about to them. And it has been that way since at least 1980 when Ronald Reagan joined with the evangelical conservative movement. So this just exposes that the religion part of this, that the morality part of this, that the life begins at conception and uh, unborn life is sacred is 1000% horseshit. They don't it's care. It's just a weapon. It's, it's just, just about winning. Weapon. I mean, Dana Lash said it on her show. Winning is a virtue. Winning supersedes the uh, being an accomplice to the murder of a baby. In their morality, that is the one hundred percent truth. Well, right, and it's not as if like Raphael Warnock. I mean, there's no, there's absolutely no inclination whatsoever. There's no evidence, nothing that he that he's done anything remotely similar to yeah, that. Besides, he's pro, he's pro-choice. I don't mm. know that he's pro-abortion. I do know that he's pro-choice. So it's a completely different platform. You know, for Raphael Warnock to have paid for an abortion is perfectly in line with his morality. Right, but he, but he, but he, but he, he hasn't. Um, right, 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 right. So, so, according, so according to, you know, if you're going to be, you know, religious about it, if you're going to be kind of morally pure about it, then it's a clear choice for if yeah. you're if if that's a defining issue for you, mm -hmm. then you you can't vote for the guy who's been you know knocking up broads as uh, Dana Lash says yeah. um, well, which is just what a disgusting way to talk about women as well um, and this is the kind of internalized misogyny you see on the right this whole thing just kind of highlights just how repulsive the right is about this stuff that that women are basically second-class citizens uh, they don't have reproductive rights if they do get knocked up as it as, as it were right it's their own fault <clears throat> Um, you know, and it doesn't, they're, they're kind of secondary. And Herschel Walker, just because he's a Republican and he's a MAGA candidate, uh, that all, all sins should be forgiven and for the greater good he gets elected. It's just, you know, yeah, I, it really does highlight again how disgusting the, the Republican Party has, has become. Yep. And one month, one month from now, in their terms, they're going to vote. Republicans are the religious right. They're going to vote for a baby killer uh, on their terms over a reverend. And it's going to be amazing. Hmm. It's like Roy Moore, right? Remember the guy from Alabama? Yep. Yeah. They voted for a pedophile, but yeah, they, judged, for... they justified it with religion. Right. Yeah. It, no matter the fact that he <laughs> he had a relationship with, with, a, with a child, with a minor, it made a difference because he was fighting a Democrat, right? He was up running against a Democrat, and Democrats are evil and all baby killers. Even anything's, though now, anything's justifiable as long as you're going against a Democrat. Yep, exactly. Uh, so, anyway, um, guys, let's move on. We're going to move on to our both sides segment. Uh, Justin, you've been jumping up and down this week, sending me your. You said <laughs> yeah. both sides was early. You said this was like Monday when you're like, I've got mine. <laughs> Yeah, this one, this one just popped up a little early. It was just like, oh, well, there you go. I don't even have to look at anything else for the rest of the week. No, um, so I got uh, um, Marjorie Ta uh, Taylor. Well, she's not really going to be green much longer. But Marjorie Taylor Green um, was at a rally, and she's upping, she's upping her rhetoric. 
um, she's upping her violent rhetoric. So this was this was this is the quote. I'm not going to mince words with you all. Democrats want Republicans dead, and they've already started the killings. Um, this was in reference to two different stories, both of which she's lying about. One of them had to do with um, an 18 year old was um, hit. It was a it was a hit and run, um, and there the right is telling itself that it was a Democrat that ran over a Republican because the kid was a Republican. Um, turns out that's not what happened. There's no evidence of that in any way, shape, or form. Um, they just made that up from whole cloth. There was a hit and run, but there's no political anything about it whatsoever. They just made that up. Um, and the other one had to do with uh, an incident in North, I'm sorry, not North Dakota, um, had to do with uh, a Michigan man who shot um, an, an old woman, um, a pro-life volunteer, who just wouldn't leave him alone. Like, she was on his property, and she kept yelling at him. They got into an argument, and she wouldn't. he wouldn't leave, and he got his gun because guns, and he accidentally, quote-unquote, shot her, but she lived. She's not even dead. And it's not even clear that this really had anything specific to do with the art, specifically about the argument or the fact that he's a missioner and he had a gun and she wouldn't leave his property, right? This, she could have been there about, you know, we want to get a freaking traffic bump on the street. But this is what happens when you have, you know, angry people with guns and you're on their property. This sort of thing happens. But so they're, they're, they're taking both of these stories twisting it into Democrats murdering Republicans and now they're killing us. And oh, and that's where that leads from there is if they're killing us, now we have to do something about that. So that's the crazy mm -hmm. level of rhetoric that they're using. And Marjorie Taylor Greene has been at the forefront of that sort of thing. And there's nothing comparable on the left. Like when we say that they're killing us, that's because there's usually a mass shooting involved. And it's been all over the news. So when we say they're killing us, it's literal. They're just making it up just to be justifying the stuff that they're already doing and they that they plan to do. So they're just completely going off the rails and just in time for the midterms. Isn't that convenient? So, yeah. <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's always good for one, right? Oh, she's always yeah. good for one. And I'd love to say that she's like a fringe lunatic, but she's no longer a fringe lunatic. She's no, a she lunatic. really isn't. So, uh, so my pick this week, uh, I have a uh, have Kanye West. Kanye West is a MAGA supporter, um, notorious Trump supporter, uh, misogynist, um, and general douchebag um, of the highest order. So he said this week he was he, he went on Tucker Carlson. Um, always leave it to Tucker Carlson to try and stoke the culture wars even more. And this this week he got on uh, uh, Kanye West to help him do that. So I'm going to play you a clip from Kanye West talking about um, Instagram bots and Planned Parenthood uh, having a campaign of genocide towards the black community. Just listen. Woman. Now let's talk about Gabby and my good friend Lizzo. Lizzo works with my trainer, a friend of mine, Harley Pasternak, Harley, Harley Pasternak. When Lizzo loses 10 pounds and announces it, the bots, uh, that's a term for uh, people like, it's like telemarketer call, callers, right. like on Instagram, they attack her for losing weight. 
because the media wants to put out a perception that being overweight is the new goal when it's actually unhealthy. Yes. Let's get aside the fact of whether it's fashion and vogue, which it's not. Let's, let's just, or if someone thinks it's attractive, to each his own. It's actually clinically unhealthy. And for people to, to promote that, um, it's, a, it's demonic. You know, what, can I ask? Yeah. I've noticed this also. Yeah. Why do you think they would want to promote unhealthiness among the population? It's a genocide of the black race. They want to kill us in any way they can. Planned Parenthood was made by Margaret Sanger, a known eugenics with the KKK. So there we go. Um, Instagram bots are. It's basically the liberal media's way of killing black people because they want people to be fat. Um, I, I'm trying to clear, I'm trying to figure out what he's saying here, uh, but that was his his friend Lizzo, who's an artist who uh, she she twer she's a flute player. I don't know. I, I don't really know who she is, but she she played a 200 year old flute that belonged to former president James Madison, and the right wing lost their shit because she was twerking with it. Uh, anyway, so according to Kanye West, um, they want to venerate her being overweight because they want to kill black people, and that's Instagram bots that are doing that, and also the person who founded the Planned Parenthood, um, Margaret Sanger, a known eugenist, was with the KKK. So yeah, just about uh -huh. to point horseshit. out. That, That's horseshit. That's a yes. big ass lie right there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He just yeah. it just made it up. He's just he's just lying. Um she wasn't a white supremacist or supporter of the KKK or a Democrat. Um so anyway, Sanger never made this is politifact. Sanger never made that statement about black women where she apparently referred to black women as weeds or something like that. Um, she was not a supporter of the KKK or a Democrat. She was a member of the Socialist Party. Yeah. So there, anyway, there we go. So Jesus. This, is, this is the kind of stuff. This is now on Tucker Carlson. Did Tucker Carlson challenge any of that? Of course not. No. Of course not. Yeah, why Shocking. Not? Because Democrats are trying to, Democrats and liberals are trying to kill black people. There we go. Like, crazy with absolutely zero evidence no evidence whatsoever but you can say this in the right-wing media and no one says a damn thing look Kanye West is is a, is mad he's crazy um so why you'd get him on a serious political talk show is I don't understand but he's going to say crazy things that are going to whip up the base and that's exactly why Tucker Carlson had him on and you do not see anything like this on the left I'm sorry but this is exclusively uh territory of the right Christ. That's my pick for this week. Bob, who do we have? All right. Well, uh, while Republicans continue to demonize trans people over something that never happens, which is the uh, myth that trans people are sexually assaulting uh, cis people in bathrooms, that's not happening at all. But you know what's happening almost every week? Another Republican's either being caught or convicted of either some form of sexual assault or child porn. And the latest to join that list is uh, former Trump Commerce Department official Adam Hageman. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. It's either Hageman or Hageman. 
He was sentenced to five years of uh, prison and then five years of parole after he's released from the five years of prison and a mandatory requirement to register as a sex offender because Hagman shared with members of a discussion board at least one video of a child being molested, claimed to have sexually abused a child as young as 15, and indicated that he wanted to sexually assault children between the ages of 12 and 16. Prosecutors asserted that they found dozens of child sexual abuse videos on Hageman's phone after federal authorities executed a search warrant against him. And again, he hasn't disputed these charges. He has uh, pled guilty and he will go to prison for this. There are pictures of Hageman with Charlie Kirk because he's also affiliated with Turning Point USA, which is Charlie Kirk's uh, political organization. There's a picture of him with uh, Sebastian Gorka, and I see another picture here with Madison Cawthorn. So all you need to do is read the news, and there's going to be one of these that pops up every goddamn week. And so no wonder the Republicans are screaming so loudly about trans people and indoctrination and how we have to protect the children from hearing the word gay in the state of Florida, and on and on and on and on. That's exactly so that we're not talking about cases like this. And guess what? We're not. I haven't seen this mentioned by anyone recently. It's certainly not on Twitter. You know, it's uh, it's crickets chirping time for Republican sexcapades, Republican child porn, Republican Jesus. molestation and sexual assault. I don't know why. You know, this, this is the kind of shit that baffles me constantly. I don't know why we let these pitches sail on by without making a gigantic stink about them. If this had been, and this is an old argument here, but if this had been some Democrat, oh my God, we would never hear the fucking end of it. They're saying this about trans people and it never actually ever happens. So (laughs) this is a case where the outrage is completely lopsided, especially given the fact that the Republican outrage is based on something that's fake and the lack of Democratic outrage is based on something that is actually happening, which is just baffling to me. So that's that. We don't see it's it, there is no both sides when it comes to uh, prosecutions for child porn. Mm. And there is no both sides in terms of the reaction to these kinds of stories, these sexual assault stories. So uh, it's absolutely astonishing to me. Yeah, yeah. We've, definitely, we've talked about before, there's something going very, very wrong with the Republican Party. Like they are attracting a large contingent of very deeply disturbed, perverted individuals to their movement. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you why. I don't know what it is, but there's something going terribly, terribly wrong over there. And we're all going to pay for it in the future because it's going to get worse. Yeah, I mean, look, I was recently thinking about the kind of, you know, the mission statement of the banter, right? About what, what do we do for the most part? Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, why we, this both sides segment, why, you know, we do this every week as well on the podcast. And it really... You know, if I'm narrowing it down, the overall thing is what we're trying to do, what we're trying to highlight with these, you know, both sides segment is that that we, there is a fascist threat in America, right? And that's what we kind of, we're trying to do here. We're trying to say, look, both sides really are not the same, um, that you can't cover both sides equally, that the media system in the country is basically kind of broken, Um 
it's not covering these issues seriously with the, with the gravity that it should be covered with. Uh, and it's treating the Republican Party like a legitimate political force. And it's not. It is not a legitimate political party. It is not. No. Um, and that's, I guess, what we're trying to do here. We really are trying to, to expose this fact, um, uncover it and, and ram this message home that, like, you know, American democracy is, is very close to the, to the end. Right. And right now, Joe Biden is that's that that's who we've got. Right. The, the last de- defense against the implosion of American democracy is the Democratic Party for all its flaws. And there are flaws in the Democratic Party. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But, if, you know, people are always asking me, like, you know, do you ever cover bad things that the Democrats do? It's like, I mean, sort of, but not really, because they pale in comparison to what's happening on the right. And I it's think run of the mill stuff. It's yeah, it's, it's just sort of standard corruption, right? It's just kind of bog standard political corruption. It's like I was watching the Comey rule on um, on Netflix the other, uh, oh, the yeah, other yeah. day. It's good, right? And it's yeah. it's got a lot of stuff about that, you know, the, why the FBI was investigating the Clinton campaign and the email thing. And um, look, like Hillary Clinton made mistakes. She made big mistakes. Uh, or by using private server for her emails, right? That wasn't, she was careless. Um, and the Clintons are arrogant and blah, 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 blah. All these things we know about the Clintons and they're mildly, you know, there's, they're mildly corrupt, um, not in the way that the Republicans say they're corrupt in, in a different way. Um, the, but these are all sort of within the normal parameters of, of democratic political institutions. And... But you cannot, and then on the other side, right? So there's an amazing scene in this, in the Comey rule, where they're talking about, you know, going to the public with the fact that they're reopening the investigation into Clinton's emails, right? Um, But they, uh, one of the FBI agents says, but on the other side, we've got a guy who might be a Russian asset, right? He literally might be a Russian asset and he's going to be bringing people into his administration who are actively working against the United States. Mm. And here we are talking about Hillary Clinton's fucking emails. Yeah. Right. And it, it kind of highlights, I, I guess, the, the difference between the two sides. Well, you remember, that- by the way, I just want to throw this in as far as the Hillary Clinton emails go. Remember mm. when that story first dropped? There was an entire conga line of stories that followed it about previous administration officials having their own email servers. I think even Colin Powell had his own email server when he was secretary of state. Yeah. I mean, this is something that has been happening for a long time. And to single out Hillary Clinton was just another politically motivated attack where the the scales were tipped against her artificially. And uh, just because she's Hillary Clinton and she's a bitch or whatever the fucking myth is about Hillary Clinton. And uh, this is the the high tech lynching that's been going on against Hillary Clinton for decades now was just continued. And uh, we saw it it happening across the board. And, you know, it's insane. Boy, did that work out well for the United States? It really did. Everything's much better now. (laughs) Well, look. Gentlemen, that um, I think that concludes the podcast for today. We're going to be moving into the members only section where we're going to be talking about the cost of living crisis, how we are dealing with it and some pretty scary stories that I've been hearing and seeing actually in my neighborhood, um, people struggling 
um, due, you know, due to rising costs and uh, rising gas prices and food prices and whatnot. So we're going to be going into there, just have a talk about that. We'd love to hear from readers as well about your own experiences. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, jump into the comments section as well to talk about that. Uh, I've also got some baking tips for you all, so I'm hoping you'll come in and join us there. And uh, thanks very much for listening. Again, uh, please support the banter. What we do is we go off to right-wing insanity. That's basically our hmm. strap line. <laughs> That's kind of what we do. So we need your support to do that. And thank you again to everybody who is already supporting us. And we'll see you next week. Later. <laughs>